This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. We did an episode on how to prevent tearing from the get-go in childbirth. And that would be ideal and great for everybody to just avoid that more serious grading of tearing, but that's not the case for everyone. And some people have already given birth, had an episiotomy or a tear of some sort. So this episode is on what to do immediately postpartum if you've had a tear and Again, if you listen to that other podcast, there we go over the grading. So grading one, graded one through four and severity of tearing, or even if you have an episiotomy. So with type two and greater, we have the involvement of the musculature. Um, so a little more serious, a little more intense. So if you have had a tear and you come home from the hospital and let's say you had an epidural, you had a catheter, um, you are still using adult diapers, maybe you have some incontinence issues right out of the gate um, when when you arrive home. That might be super distressing and cause a lot of anxiety and um issues for a new mom on top of bringing home a new baby home from the hospital, but try not to panic and it might only last for a day. And even if it goes on a little longer, you can rehab that and it doesn't have to be a permanent thing. So right away, really, we don't want you to do much of anything right after you've returned home. Um, with your baby. And there's different timeframes for different scenarios of giving birth. You know, if you have a home birth, you're obviously already home. If you had a birth center birth, like I did with my second child, I was allowed to leave within four hours of delivering from the birth center in Pittsburgh, which is nurse medwise and associated with hospitals as well. Um, We left after 12 hours or if you had a vaginal delivery from hospital, it's over a day until you get to come home. Um, So you arrive home, if you had tearing, you're going to um, want to get a peri bottle. That's that bottle that you squirt water to keep things rinsed and clean because you have an open wound down there. they give you a little bottle that has just like a, a nozzle on the end of it. So no neck to it. Um, I suggest getting a peri bottle that has a neck on it that's angled back up. So when you use it, it's just way easier to use ergonomically. And it just helps to get the water um, in the vicinity. You need it without contorting all over the place. So 
first thing I would say is before you even go into labor, pack it in your uh, hospital bag because it works so much better than the one that they give you at the hospital. Um, it is uh, definitely something I would recommend putting on your, your baby shower list. So we've got the Engold Perry Bottle. Um, right after you have a baby, we don't want you working out right away. You're not ready to work out. So there's not like, if you're a type A doer, that kind of thing, your instinct is probably to be like, what can I do to fix this issue? If it's, if it's a tear that had to be repaired with stitches and, and that kind of thing, you can't do any type of massage to that area until it's healed. Like the skin has healed and the um, incision or the tear has healed. So you can't jump right into that perennial massage until later. And really the only thing I start people with right away is just breathing. And that sounds like not enough to do for it, but truly it's going to help uh, recalibrate your core and that relationship between your diaphragm and your pelvic floor. You want to think of the diaphragm as that top muscular lid to your core and the pelvic floor as the bottom and they should reciprocate pressure. So as you inhale, we want to feel that diaphragm depress and then the pelvic floor takes on some pressure. You exhale and it comes up and then the pressure comes off the pelvic floor. When we're pregnant, our diaphragm is getting pushed up higher and higher and higher and not able to get that good engagement. Um, like when we're not pregnant and I'll have patients while they're pregnant do a lot of different breath work to try to encourage the diaphragm to keep doing its job as much as it can, even though it's lacking the space to do that. Um, so once you finally have the room and your baby is out in here, that's the perfect time to slowly encourage the diaphragm to start doing the job that we really need it to do to help with our core function and, and waking up that system again and our relationship to our pelvic floor. Um, and you can try all different sorts of, of breathing. I do the kitchen sink breathing, we do the teapot breathing, which um, is something that I picked up from Sarah Duval, who's a pelvic floor PT that has no great info. Um, I'll have people do supine 90-90 breathing, a standard DMS kind of breathing, just all different kinds of breathing that you can do because the brain likes novelty. So it's not one type of breathing exercise is going to fix everything. You should kind of sample all different types and mix it up so that you don't get used to one style. So really keeping it varied is important too. Um, and it, the benefits besides just the pelvic floor and the core engagement is that I don't know about for everyone, but with postpartum, you have immediate postpartum, you have all these shifts. You have, you know, your center of gravity changes, all your hormones are surging and all over the place. And we 
it's really a good thing to try to downregulate our nervous system and switch from fight or flight mode to rest and restore. And breath work is excellent for trying to help regulate that. So breath work helps on a variety of different levels. And if you have that anxiety of, oh my gosh, I'm incontinent, I'm never going to be able to go without a diaper or pad or something like that it's just going to compound things um so the perivaldal and the breath work are the two things to do immediately when you get home and it's so easy to do and it doesn't take a lot of effort you can do it when you're laying in bed with the baby um you can do it right after nursing it's super easy to incorporate to your to your routine and it's something to be aware of before you have the baby so that you just know, like, I'm going to do this no matter what afterwards when I have this baby. Um, now, once you can be more mobile, I would advise you not to push the be more mobile right away. That's why in my portafloor restoration program, the first 30 day phase does not involve strengthening right away. It's all breath work and mobility and releasing the pelvic floor and relaxing it and just letting it take a little break and um, kind of reconnecting. Um, so no, in the quarter floor restoration, there's no strengthening until that second phase. And I would say that's a kind of a good rule of thumb for the immediate postpartum too. And I would say, you know, you're, it's fine to walk around the house, walk with the baby, but to walk for exercise, like power walk or get out there and get out and get fresh air. Vitamin D is great, but get out to walk for exercise right away. Postpartum is really stressful on, can be really stressful on your pelvic floor and it might not be something you're ready to tolerate, even though we think, oh, Walking is so um, safe and easy to do. I would stick with simple mobility drills, the breath work, and some pelvic floor relaxation techniques. Um, and there could be simple poses that we I've done on social media and all those kind of things. Um, I can link them below puppy pose and pelvic unweighting and... Um, some light abdominal massage after uh, or before you do your breath work to help kind of connect to the core as you're about to embark on that. Um, so I would be slow to even inter introduce that heavy amount of light walking because that can be a little too intense as well. So if you feel like you have a have an incontinence issue or prolapse issue or anything like that, and you try to jump into walking right away, it might be too much. So just something to keep in mind. Um, another thing to, to add in once your tear has healed, then it becomes very important to start to incorporate the perennial massage. So similar to what we talked about in the podcast with how to prepare to avoid tearing. Now we're going to, if we have a scar in that area, it's a scar like any other all over the body. So we're going to want to um, 
slowly mobilize those areas. You can use your hands, you can use a tool like uh, the Intimate Rose Wand um, or any type of self-massage wand. And that means like the S shape so it's easier to access that area. Some people find it easy to lie on their back in the tub reclined or you can um, have one foot up on a higher surface like the edge of the tub so that you can reach into the through the front or from behind or on all fours. Um, you just have to play around with how to access that area easier if you're doing it yourself or if you're having your partner do it. And essentially, just like with any other scar, like with C-section scars, we talk about um, moving, you want to first start indirectly, moving the skin around it. So moving it, the skin on either side, side to side, up and down, trying to get um, some nice movement of the, of the different layers of tissue. And you want to think of, um, if it, is it a layered cake, you want to, Think of motioning that most superficial layer, going a little deeper and a little deeper and working our way slowly so we, our body has time to acclimate. And then once you're great with doing indirect massage, then you can rub right over the scar and try to get light mobilization there. Now with a different grading of tearing, you can have tearing like within the vaginal wall, you know, itself. So you're going to also um, try massage within from within the vagina. So you would just insert your finger or the wand within that area and lightly mobilize, drawing towards your tailbone, towards your bone you sit on, and that kind of thing. And playing around with where you feel the restriction, where you feel the tension and the tightness. Um, if you're going to use a lubricant, you want to keep it to a pH that is similar to your vagina, which we talked about in the other video. So I used to be a huge proponent of coconut oil because I thought, uh, you know, it has no other <laughs> ingredients. It's organic. It, I mean, you can get it organic. It doesn't have any chemicals. How could you go wrong with that? But the pH uh, is not the same as our vaginal flora and everything is usually, so it might not be our best bet. So I would look at the website of the different lubricants that you come across and make sure that they're a similar pH to your vagina. So coconut oil would be fine to use on the outside, but I wouldn't put it directly in your vagina if you have especially if you have issues like um different uh propensity to infection so something to think about when you're looking for a lubricant and that would be in any realm so for um sex scar massage anything like that um and then if you're using a silicone tool to help with the massage, you don't want to use a silicone-based uh, gel. You would want to use a water-based. So those are all some tips for that massage. Um, now that is like the most direct you can get when you are using your hands or the device right on the scar. 
Now we talked about indirect on either side of the scar. You can also do um, indirect with our gorgeous ball or a foam roller. Now the different diameters of, of foam rollers make difference. So you have the really small foam roller you might have seen me use in videos. That's more direct because it sits right between the bones that we sit on, putting more pressure right on that perineum. Um, if you use a standard size foam roller that is a little bit wider, that's not going to fit between the bones that you sit on, but it's still going to apply some pressure. So it's going to be a little less intense. Now with the gorgeous ball, you can have it, you know, deflated and that's going to be a little easier. And you can sit on that and you're going to rock forward and back, side to side, do some pelvic tilts and your posterior and feel how that pressure shifting feels on your pelvic floor. If you wanted to increase the intensity with that ball, you would just inflate it a little bit more. It's going to add some more pressure. Um, those are great options to use as soon as that scar is healed. And the sooner you start, right after the scar is healed, the easier it's going to be to get that um, better suppleness of the area to return. Um, so we've got the hairy bottle and the breathing right out of the gate. Continue that breath work. Avoid overexerting yourself. Um, and the other things that aren't exercise based when you're right out of having the baby that you want to focus on are really good nutrition, not starving yourself, and not even in a vain kind of way, but um, some people just forget to eat because they're so focused on their baby and it slips their mind and they take so much of their attention. Maybe they have another toddler running around. Um, it is not unreasonable for someone to forget to keep himself um, nutritiously fed. And I don't mean just simple calories in, calories out. I mean enough protein, enough fat, um, enough nutrients in general. So keeping very highly, you know, um, nourished and getting enough water, especially if you're nursing, and getting as much sleep as possible, which is possible for some people that have babies that are not good sleepers. But the breath work, the nourishment, hydration, and sleep are pretty key. And helping with the breath work in that hand in hand with helping to downregulate your nervous system and try to um, help with that postpartum anxiety that some people might have or depression um, is important. And having a partner that is educated that all these things might and most likely will happen after um, at some level will happen after you deliver so that they're not, um, that they are looking for it and then they're not blindsided by some of these things. Um, so we've got that right out of the gate. Then we have, after we've healed, we're still doing our breath work. We're, um, doing that pelvic floor relaxation and working on our scars now. And then you can add in the strengthening and that is going to be uh, that, that, that thing that 
takes you to the next level so that you can start doing the activities you like and you love, like walking, running, cycling without having any issue. Because until you start adding on that demand to the body, you're not going to be able to um, successfully move into those activities that you love without challenging your system a little bit and preparing it to take on that, that those activities. So those will be my suggestions right out of the gate. If you do have tearing, so being patient with yourself, which nobody likes to do and, um, slowly, but surely, uh, returning to activity and not, not putting too much pressure on yourself. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. I look forward to interviewing um, one of the makers of the wands that I talk about to help with your scar massage in the coming year. So if you have any questions on those kind of products or how else to use them or anything like that, let me know and I can ask her when I interview her. So have a great day. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.